I stand here this morning because of that one transaction. <laughs> it stands out in my mind because it was the point at which I became a Christian. And I've been through many trials and tribulations, which I won't bore you with, but he's always stayed constant in my heart and life, keeping me and showing me the things of God. And I stand here this morning, saved by grace and filled by grace. Hallelujah. The grace of God. For it says, God so loved the world. This is the first scripture I learned. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus, that he might die on the cross for us. And he demonstrated his love in that one thing that we might know that he loves us because he gave his son. Jesus died and was resurrected on the third day as we know and he now lives in heaven with his father on the right hand of God interceding talking to God about you and me and doing the things that are necessary to give us life. Hallelujah. Well, I've had this word that I'm going to try and share this morning for some little while. And it's about putting on the whole armour of God. Now, we've all probably read Ephesians 6 and 10 through to 18. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, what we're talking about is strong in Jesus and the power of his might. And then it says, put on the whole armour of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against press and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, I think things have come into a fullness of wickedness. It seems that every element of the world is trying to outdo the other element in wickedness. We know of all that the ISIS is doing in Iraq and, in, uh, and Syria. We know how awful they are and they do it in the name of a God. But it's not our God. Our God loves people. Our God is compassionate towards us. And he sent his son Jesus to to show us, demonstrate to us how much he loves us. And it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not about man, really, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then it says these wonderful words. Wherefore, take upon you the whole armour of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now this is what I believe God gave me to share with you this morning. That You see, a lot of people think we've got to fight a battle. As Christians, we've got to fight a battle, you know. Um, Onward Christian soldiers marching us to war and all that stuff. Well, it's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. Because Jesus 
won the battle when he died on the cross. And it says he took captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. So the whole point of all this putting on the whole arm of God is to be a stand in faith. How do you stand? That's the only way you can stand in faith, believing that what God says in his word, in, his, in the Bible, is true, and that Jesus did defeat the devil in his resurrection. When he was raised from the dead, it was a big shock for the devil, I'm sure, because he, he, he set out to kill Jesus on the cross so that, the, that there wouldn't be any hope for us. But God trumped his ace. Hallelujah. He trumped his ace and he brought him back to life. Jesus himself said, I lay down my life that I might take it up again. Now, the devil was a bit daft, didn't he? <laughs> the devil's not clever, he's stupid. He let Jesus die on a cross and then before he knew where he, where he was, he, he had the keys of hell and death taken off him. That's what my, the scripture says, that he went and spoiled the devil's possessions and took the keys of death and hell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we don't live under a death sentence when we, when we come to know Jesus. We live the life of a saint of God. Hallelujah. And all we have to do is stand. Now standing is a pretty difficult thing to do. You see, uh, I like the story of Pilgrim's Progress. But in that it illustrates that there was two lions chained on the pathway through life. And that when we press in in faith, as we approach the lions, we see that they are chained and restrained and that we can part through it. Hallelujah. And you, you see, uh, Jesus um, was tempted, wasn't he? Jesus was tempted. Shall we look at Luke 4? Luke chapter 4. This is how Jesus dealt with the devil. Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. When they were ended, he afterwards hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered and saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but, every, but by every word of God. Hallelujah. Now, you see, this is standing in faith. Jesus was standing in faith on, the, on his... Well, he was instrumental in this word being written. This... This book, he's in every, as we say, he's in every chapter. Jesus is in there somewhere. Uh, then it says, The devil took him up to Hyde Mountain and showed him all the kingdoms. And Jesus answered him. He said, The devil said, I'll give you all power and the glory of these things if you worship me. And Jesus answered, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Talking about his father. Hallelujah. And then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle 
and said to him, cast yourself down. Uh, and this is what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said unto him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Now you see, that's how we fight the realms of the spirit that keep come against us. It's with the word of God. What we believe is what we use and say in our lives to keep us on the track, on the right track. That's why the, the Bible is such an important thing to us. It, it becomes an open book to us. We can see the things of God in this book and we can use the word of God to deal with the devil. Now, I'm not saying that, that we get the devil coming, uh, coming to us personally, but we get, often get these things that come from our flesh, these, these things of temptation. You know, like we could say of Jesus, uh, he was hungry, he'd had 40 days of, of um, fasting, uh, and the devil was tempting Jesus' flesh, and saying, make some bread, make these stones into bread. Uh, but Jesus refused to do it because he, he was living by the word of God, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So, um, what I'm trying to illustrate is how we fight these things that come against us, that come and tell us we're not worthy, that come and tell us that we're not, we're not able, that come and tell us that we are less than what God has, has told us we are in every aspect. And uh, I'd let's, like to go to 2 Timothy 4, if we can go there. Only one, one verse. This is what Paul said at the end of his life, Paul the Apostle. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He didn't say I'd beaten the devil. He didn't say I'd done all these things. And he did a... And when you, you look at... Paul's writings, you can see what a marvellous thing he'd done throughout his life uh, in healing and in uh, bringing churches into being and, and, and revealing the word of God to, the, to those new churches. He was such an important man that he's important to us today. But what he said, what he said that he had finished his course and kept the faith. Now the wonderful thing is Finishing the course and keeping your faith, brothers and sisters. That's what it's talking about, standing. Stand in faith. You see, the devil would like to take you away from that stand in faith. If you, if you let him, he will tempt you to come and fight. And some Christians fight the devil all the while. But we're not meant to fight the devil. Jesus defeated him. We are meant to affirm what Jesus has already done in our lives every moment of every day you say that's not right Lord I know that this is what you said hallelujah I'm more than a conqueror through Christ you, who, how much victory do you want more than a conqueror what is more than a conqueror we're more than conquerors in Christ hallelujah 
2 Timothy 2 3. It says that this is what Paul said Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus. No man warris entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for mastery, yet is not he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So what that is really saying is, basically, if you are a soldier for Christ, um, you must sell yourself out. Now, I, I was in the Air Force for two years. I didn't go by, uh, because I wanted to. I, go, I went because I was enlisted by the government for two years. They wanted me for two years. And the first thing you learn when you go into the forces and you sit, sit down on your bed for the first time in your life, you're sitting there and this, this corporal is at the end of the door and as you're all sitting on your beds, he says, now I've got news for you. From now on, you do nothing that you, you want to do. You only do what I say. <laughs> and he... He really gives you a hard time. You try trying to break break you uh, break you in to be a soldier, and you soon learn. Uh, you know, over the first three or four days, I learned very well that you keep your head down and you do the things that you're told to do. Because if you stick out in any way, they will chop your head off. <laughs> it's true. I, I I saw some very funny things. I saw. Some of these teddy boys were in there with me, with their hair and all beautifully done and cut to a beautiful style. So we were all, the second day you're sent to the barbers. <laughs> and he paid the barber an extra tip not to take too much off. Uh, so he came out all pleased with himself, still looking good. And he got to the door and the corporal was waiting there for him. And as he came out the door he says... Everything under your hat is yours. Anything outside is mine. <laughs> and he, he re- rotated him through again. And he had to pay for a second haircut, you see. That's how they deal with you. Uh, I'm illustrating that. And that's how we have to be as soldiers of Christ. We have to be obedient. We have to not run life on, the, on, on, the, on our own standards and our own feelings. We have to run our lives on the basis that we're a soldier of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean to say that we've lost all our liberty. I lost all my liberty for two years, and it was awful. I, I said when I come out, I would never complain again. <laughs> well, I, have, I haven't kept to that entirely. <laughs> but... I, I, I said to Shirley, I'll never leave you again. Well, that was the hardest thing. We'd been married about a few weeks and then I went in for two years. So that was the hard bit. Um, but I was able to skip off a number of times I'd be home, didn't I? But what I'm telling you is, it's, it's like that with Christ. You don't have to give up your relationships with other people. You don't have to give up things that... You don't have to become holier than thou and be such a holy holy sort of guy God will make you holy hallelujah you can't make yourself holy and the wonderful thing is I've had such freedom since I came into Christ I've had such freedom 
You wouldn't believe I've been all over the world. I've done all sorts of things because I've been part of his kingdom. You know, it's, it's been absolutely wonderful. I had a wonderful life. You see, my ambition before I was saved was nothing. And suddenly God put within me something that was bigger than me. And that's, he's the person of the Holy Spirit, you see. Because God is three persons. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father is in heaven. He stays in heaven. He don't come down here. Jesus came to earth and now he, he's gone back to heaven to, to sit at the right hand of his Father in heaven. But he left us the comforter or the Holy Spirit down here for us to have a relationship with God through Jesus. The comforter, his whole purpose is to show us about Jesus. He is to, do, he is to show us and prompt us and move in us. Hallelujah. Day by day. So that when we walk this earth, we don't walk this earth in a, our own knowledge or our own wisdom. We walk in the knowledge of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Every day he says to me, think different, these things, different things. You see, he changes your whole life. You cannot go back. If you become a Christian, you can't go back. You might think you can, but God keeps his bargain. When you ask Jesus into your life, he keeps his bargain. And he gives you everything. And he doesn't take it back. Hallelujah. You might walk away from him, but he's still there. Hallelujah. You see, I've, I've had people who got, came and got saved and and they, after a while they wanted to do what they wanted to do rather than what, what God was leading them to do. And they've come back to me and said, you've spoiled everything for me, I can't go back to my old life. <laughs> I can't go back to my old life because I just can't go and reconnect with it because all the while that I'm in, that, uh, in my old life, if, if you want to call it that, the Holy Spirit is still with me. And I can't enjoy, you can't enjoy sin when you've been born again by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. It just, it's just nothing in it. It, it just, it's just uh, something that um, doesn't satisfy anymore. There's a song we sing, the things I used to do, I do them no more. Hallelujah. Because you can't. That's the wonderful thing about Jesus. And I praise God he's kept me all these, these years, 65 years. Hallelujah. James 4. I'm sorry I'm in all these small um, little prophets, uh, prophets um, bits of the New Testament. I'll find it in a second myself.
Can somebody ring? Have you got James Hall? Can you read it for me? Number 7210. Amen. It's saying, submit your self to God. That's what we have to do, is to submit ourselves to God. Um, I'm there now anyway. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You see, we only have to resist him. And then I love this word, it says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Isn't that wonderful? We have to humble ourselves in everything we do before God. But I love that scripture, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Hallelujah. I've done that many times. And I can say of a truth that he draws nigh to me when I draw nigh to him. That's, that's the God that I love and adore. Romans 8. thirty-six. says, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? It says there we're, we're killed all the day long. But we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful scripture. I believe that encapsulates everything I've talked about this morning. That we can be confident. We can stand in faith just on that one scripture. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. You, you might think something can separate you. You might think something you've done. Or something that's, that you, that's made you feel bad about yourself. But... In truth, 
Nothing can separate you from the love of God because Jesus died on a cross that you might be set free from all these things that would invade our mind and our, uh, and our natural thinking. How can we approach a holy God? Only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you this morning for the blood. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus died on a cross for me. And 65 years ago, I came to know you as a very young Christian. But, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've been faithful to me. And I pray that those in this place who've had an experience with God might realise that God has been faithful with them. Hallelujah. And that it's not based on what they've done or what they will do. It's based on what Christ did on the cross for us. That we are more than conquerors. We have got this wonderful relationship with you, Father. We thank you for that this morning. Just take full control of every part of our lives, Lord, we ask you. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's all in the name of Jesus. How's that course go? Can you put it up, Joe? It's all in the name of Jesus. Oh, it's all in the name of Truth and beauty, happiness. It's all in the name. Praise God. Tell them I'm how not, you got to say. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'm not very good at speaking, you see. That's why I was just staying there. But there I was, minding my own business, getting on with my work, and somebody famous died. And I can't remember, he was so famous, I can't remember who he was. <laughs> but anyway, it all kind of shocked me. I thought, wow, even he's dead. You know what I mean? And it, it, it kind of woke me up because I thought, the way I'm going, I'm going to go to hell when I die. You know, because I was brought up in a Christian home and I hated every minute of it because I was made to go to church I don't know, three, four, five times a Sunday and I didn't want to go but it kind of stayed with me you see because when this person died it kind of like woke me up and I'm going to go to hell you know so but I want to get saved but uh, I thought I thought you had to get saved because you love God you know what I mean I thought well I don't love God I don't even know him, you know what I mean? So how am I going to get saved? So I thought I need to speak to someone and ask him some questions like, you know, my poor old dad was still alive then. But he kind of portrayed a wrong picture for me. I thought that's not... If that's what a born-again Christian's life, I don't want to be born again. You know, he was a bit rough and treated me quite bad when I was young. And uh, I thought... I was in a building trade, you see. And we just worked on a house that belonged to a church over at Stanford the Open. And I thought I'd go and see the vicar there or whatever he was. He wasn't a vicar. He was some kind of a pastor. But it just never come together. So I thought I'd have to speak to Andy. My brother Andy, you see, who we was having a party at one time at my sister's house and Andy was there. And he was born again. He said, like, you know, we got, he said, I've got a, a hotline straight through to God, like, you know. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I thought, he's the one I need to speak to. But he was in Israel. He'd packed up and gone out there and he was just dossing around on the beach in a tent, you know what I mean? 
and uh, one thing led to another and I never got to talk to him like you know but it was Christmas time my sister just was uh, going to have a Christmas party and we gone round there for Christmas dinner and who's there but there's Andy my brother you see and uh, so I said to him like is it alright to get saved because you don't want to go to hell and he laughed he said so many people get saved for different reasons it really doesn't matter why you get saved so long as you get saved you see and uh, of course then it was alright for me I wanted to get saved you see but I thought like it's Christmas and we've got a New Year's Eve party I thought I'm not going to get saved now because I can't go to the party then (laughs) (laughs) well how can you have a drink you know what I mean and all that and enjoy yourself as a Christian you see but because it just got so I wanted to become a Christian so bad I mean it was like now a couple of days later you know what I mean and I was on the edge of the city I couldn't rest I just wanted to become a Christian so bad it was almost a physical pain you know and I just accepted Christ there and then couldn't wait for the new year party you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Andy took me to Fisket and you know where Henry and Connie used to live like you know in the little glory chapel there you know and uh, Henry I've seen a picture of Henry and uh, white hair a bit like Alan and checkered shirt I thought he looks like a farmer and I hated farmers <laughs> I used to do quite a lot of poaching <laughs> and Henry wasn't there when the meeting started but then he came in you see and I thought, I thought yeah just no, that's just what I expected him to be like you know I, thought, I didn't like him at all and he went, he went up the front and joined in like and you know, I started praying and that and then he come down and he went across the whole place and hugged everybody you know and when he come to me I tell you what he was just such a lovely man I melted you know I mean you could just feel the love of God coming out of him you know it was so nice and I thought to myself when we started singing there I thought wow this is what a Christian party is like you know what I mean I just couldn't couldn't imagine a Christian party you know but everybody was singing and when we started singing and we were singing the same chorus over and over it was just excellent I thought wow then people started dancing and I thought, this is, this is a proper party, you know. <laughs> it was excellent. You know, and Andy was telling me, he said, when he was in Israel, you see, somebody came up to him on the beach and said, I've got a message for you from God. He said, your brother needs to see you. He needs to speak to you. Because he's going to get saved and get what you've got in a very short space of time. So I've got another brother lives in Switzerland, you see. So Andy was thinking, well, he ain't Peter because he can't, get, can't be saved, you know. <laughs> I was a crook through and through, you know what I mean? All sorts of things like, you know, and it got from one thing to another and got really bad. I mean, it got, I progressed into like sawing off shotguns and things like that, you know what I mean? And uh, so Andy, he said, well, he's, he went to Switzerland just to see me have a brother. And when he started witnessing to him, he really got a bit aerated and almost threw him out. <laughs> so he thought, yeah, I've made a mistake here. You know, God, this person had told me about, you know, 
the prophecy or whatever you like to call it, when God wants to see you, uh, your brother wants to see you, he said, I was a little bit dubious anyway, you know what I mean? So he said, I didn't have enough money to go back to Israel. So he came to England, you see, and then it was, we met at my sister's house on Christmas Day. He said, as soon as you opened your mouth, he said, I knew God was talking about you. And I said, it was excellent. So there we are. That's how I got saved. And that was in 1983. Wonderful.